Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What Billy up? This is the game. Yeah. It's a uh, cat and mouse. Smoked a turkey. <laughs> he is down. He is freaking down. Said he shot an absolute giant. Fall obsession, baby. Welcome back, everybody, to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. I'm your host this week, Sam Thrash, and I'm joined today by my co-host, as always, Nick Powell. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? And we got a special guest on the line with us today. Um, he is from Elite Archery and the Outdoor Group. You all may know him from Respect the Game TV, Mr. Larry McCoy. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Man, welcome to the Fall Obsession podcast. We're happy you were able to join us. Absolutely, man. Uh, like I said, when you called Naps, I was like, heck yeah, let's schedule it. Absolutely. Put her down. Put me down. <laughs> yeah, put him down. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> so so we got we got a lot a lot that we wanna wanna talk with you today about Larry, but uh first before we get going and it's only fitting, um we wanna mention that this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Elite Archery. We're very grateful for our partnership with them and I know I am absolutely loving my new twenty twenty cure. Nick, you're you're rocking a, a ritual oh, yeah. from ritual, last year. So, yeah, man, ritual thirty five just acquired. Yeah, we're we're very uh, we're very stoked. If you guys get a chance to go check out Elite Archery at your local dealer, um, please go do so. Take the shootability challenge. Um, put that bow up against any other bow on the market, and I guarantee you, you're going to be impressed. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. You're right. You know, when you say take the shootability challenge, that's truly what it is. All we want to do is be in the conversation. So. Uh, you know, if you go in there looking for a competitor's brand, you know, what's ultimately important is shooters leave uh, with the bows they're comfortable shooting. Absolutely. And uh, if we're part of that conversation, you know, it's, it's a win-win for every bow hunter out there. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know we, we've been really impressed, too, because, like, we're doing a new series right now called Cure Your Obsession. Where we're taking two of our guys that are brand new into the archery world, like never bow hunting before anything. And we got an elite cure in their hands. Um, Kersey and you guys over there, and um, man, these guys that have never shot before, all of a sudden, 
like I, I had one of the guys send me a picture yesterday. He he Robin Hooded an arrow. Like I mean, these guys are freaking drilling it with you know very minimal experience and and high quality equipment. So I mean, the, the cure you can't beat it, man. In my opinion. No, that bow. Uh, there's so much to talk about when it comes to that system. The Ritual platform is absolutely awesome. Uh, it's just it's a there's a different engine there. Uh, there's you know it has has a two track cam system, uh, and it performs flawlessly and has a great great system. But as we move forward, we we wanted to make it easier not only for the dealer but build a system that was truly customizable to the way you shoot. Everybody talks about shooting form. Uh, well, I can tell you, your form is your form. You can work on your form, but let's let's uh, correlate to baseball. If if everybody had the same form, you'd see every hitter step in the batter's box and have the same stance. That's true. Uh, but it's it's just not the case. So being comfortable is is what works. Archery is a repetitive sport in every aspect. You got to be able to re- repeat the process. 100% over and over and over and over again, the exact same way. Mm-hmm. So your arrows are hitting the exact same spot. So with that being said, everybody's a little bit different. Human, we're all human. We're creatures of habit. So, so what happens is some, I may have a little more grip pressure than, than you do, Sam, and I may put a little bit more heel pressure and cause a little bit more torque. With this new system, the ASIM TriTrack cams and the set technology combined, you can literally customize the way the bow shoots to the way the shooter shoots. So if a guy's getting a, a, a real massive left tear in paper because he's torquing his bow, you can literally tune that out without a bow press. Yeah, and, and that, that's what has blown my mind because I, I obviously set up mine and then I've been helping these guys um, in, in the video series set up theirs. And I, I, I mean, I haven't touched a bow press um to to paper tune these bows and in two to three shots we're getting we're getting bullet holes and it's, mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely blowing my mind because i spent in the past you know in when i was doing a lot more exclusive bow teching um i i would spend hours at times trying to get a bow to tune and and with the cure it's just it's it's the easiest it's ever been it's it's unbelievable yeah it, absolutely and with the set technology, first of all, let's, let's talk about the engine, the the the, the ASIM tri-track cams. You know, when you you can table when we stabilize the whole cam system by putting, you know, with the tri-track system, you've got a cable on both sides of the cam, so it's super super stable. With that, we put have a three-quarter inch axle. You know, we got a, a lot bigger. Or I'm sorry, quarter inch axle, uh, which is a it's a bigger axle uh, than previous models as well, mm-hmm. uh, and cable stop limb stop options there's just so many so many like i said you can truly customize the bow to you the the draw length adjustment on the mod goes in quarter inch increments uh which is unheard of so you can dial it into the exact draw length but let's talk what you touched about as far as from the tuning effect utilizing to the set technology uh-huh. it's very common your listeners out there probably had a broadhead and was like man these things fly like crap you know, I can't get these things to fly. They ain't flying like my field tips. They say if they, it's supposed to hit right from my field tip. Well, part of that is because when you paper tune your bow, to your bow could be perfectly tuned to paper at six feet. Right. Also, uh, some of the things that I do, and then uh, and I actually just went through this. I just got back this morning from Arkansas with Nathan Brooks and Darren Christenberry, uh, a couple of our pro archers. We were down there 
shooting some video and, and photos uh, for the last couple of days. And we were going over and breaking it down as uh, far from a, the set technology point of view from the target side, from bear shaft tuning all the way to uh, broadhead. So at six feet, you may be able to get a perfect bullet hole. If you step back another six feet, shoot through paper, you may see a slight tear, but you could correct that. Now, when you go back to 20 yards, the correct method, you can broadhead tune these bows so easy. If you've got your field tip are hitting this and you're shooting a fixed blade broadhead and they're hitting six inches to the right of where you're at, you can adjust the set technology and really bring your field tips and broadhead together. And then you'll be amazed feeling like you moved a ton, but when you go back and shoot that arrow through paper again, it'll be a bullet hole. So that bullet hole, that first is a, is a perfect reference, but the, being able to really fine-tune adjust your equipment will make you that much more successful in the field. Absolutely. Because one thing that's, that I've seen common from a lot of bow hunters out there uh, is they grab a pipe, you know, let's face it, broadheads are expensive, you know, $40 a pack in a lot of cases, $50 oh, yeah. a pack in some cases. So they'll take one head out and shoot that arrow shoot that head and get that head flying good. And then they take, they've never shot and screw it in and go hunting with it. Right. And the thing is, is you got to, you got to go through the, the pack because you're only as good as your equipment, the set technology and that stuff will only, as long as you're, make sure your arrows are right. Make sure, you know, get down to the finite details to make sure that when you grab an arrow out of your quiver, it's flying perfect. And your broadhead, your arrow, compiled with that set technology, is going to make your bow a dream to shoot. Man, it, 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 it's never been easier, in my opinion. And and I, I compliment y'all for, for all the work you put in. And, and I'm glad we're talking about the set technology because that was one one question I had for you. It, it, it's so it, it's a brand new thing. Nobody else has done it. That and the quarter-inch draw length increments. What gave you guys the idea to come up with something like that? It's a funny story. Uh, I wish I could take some of the credit for that, but I can't. <laughs> because it, it, it's that awesome. Uh, we've got so we got a great engineering staff, and if you follow the tournament trail of archery, you probably know who Nathan Brooks is. Uh, and we've we were at ATA two years ago, and I was actually rooming with Nathan, and he had was talking to me about this concept about having a two piece pocket that would pivot, you know, and do this. I'm like. Huh. I don't understand what the heck this guy is saying. Right now. <laughs> like, so they go to uh so they go to Vegas and he's uh they're at the Vegas shoot and Josh Sidebottom, our COO is there, and he's kind of talking to, to Josh about it, and they get out literally a pen and a piece of paper pencil and they they draw something up real quick and they go back and implement and if the response was tremendous how the bow responded because I, I go back to being able to fix a problem with the bow you got to know what it's doing right and when you don't have a bow that's responding you, it's hard to know what to fix so we were getting really good response out of out of it and they just just kept dialing in dialing in dialing in so this was built for the target platform some of the best shooters in the world you know to go in and do this not thinking on the hunting platform. Right. So I go up to the factory and uh, we're going to do some filming and take some photos on the result. And I shoot it 
and I started messing with it. I was like, oh my gosh, this thing is, this thing responds so well and just cleaning up tears. And, you know, I was shooting the boat. We were changing the drawing. Shoot, Tommy Gomez would shoot it. And then we just passed the boat, the same bow around, changing it without even going to a press. And we could get that thing to shoot a bullet hole for every single person. Wow. And we're like, wow. And I was like, man, so what's our hunting boat look like? <laughs> you know, hopefully it's got this. They're like, uh, no, it doesn't. I'm like, what? What do you mean it doesn't? Come on now. I was like, what do you mean it doesn't? And uh, I was like, you know how benefit this is going to be for a bow hunter? I mean, tuning broadheads, being able to to adapt and, and really solve a lot of issues that the common average bow hunter has mm-hmm. uh, when they're in, even when they're in their backyard shooting. Because you can make some of those adjustments, go right back to where you were, and the bow's going to respond. And that's literally how it happened they're like all right well let's do it and then darren was like man we have to have this on the hunting boat and uh as you could hear in the launch video of that you can actually hear the recording of the the conference call we were on when darren said that yeah and we lo and behold they they pulled together and put out a uh you know that's how the cure was developed man i Again, I, I can't compliment y'all enough on it because it is it is an absolute game changer, and and I know that uh, we got several guys on our staff, including myself, that are, that are running the cure now um, this year, and and I cannot wait to see the what's going to come from it this upcoming fall. It's it's just a it, it's a game changer. Like I said, I I can't believe it. I still can't. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, and too, this is. On the show, early September last year, we started off uh, for respect again. We were start we started off in Nebraska, and we had whitetail or mule deer tags. and And uh, Ryan and myself, Ryan Hillweiser and, and myself, was in Nebraska. And literally, I went out there with a ritual. Did not have a cure yet. And Josh called me and overnighted a cure with me. And I I have a bow press I keep with me, and because I had to tie a peep in, so. I, I tied a peep in the bow, got it set up, and we made out of the bow box. I went to the little grocery store and got a thing of wax paper and built a paper tuning rack out of the bow box. <laughs> cut a square out of it, put an arrow in it, right there in the field, and we paper tuned it, right, and got it going. Got it, went out and got it sided in, and I was like, all right, Ryan, I'll go film you tonight. So I changed the draw link. Ryan shoots it, and everything's on. He goes out, kills deer with it. And then the next day, I change it back. I go out and shoot it one more time, and then I go out and swap stalk a mule deer and shoot a mule deer with the same bow. Man, that is absolutely crazy. That's insane. Hey, Nick, this year you in Montana, you and I can just take the same bow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just need one bow. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I'm telling you, and I was like uh, that at that point right there, I was like, man, we are on to something here. I mean, this is this is just such an awesome, awesome system to be able to. Uh, to manipulate, you know, the draw length and change the draw length and do kind of everything on the fly. TJ Unger from Virtue TV calls me from Kansas and he had a cure and he, and he was like, man, I think I'm just, uh, when I have it set up, I think I'm just a tad bit short. So we were on FaceTime and I walked him through real quick how, and literally in six minutes, he changed the draw length, went over and, and was shooting a bullet hole. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that's how long the phone call was. That's how. That's why it's not that long. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, 
But as you can tell, I, I kind of had the gift of gab, so it may have uh, been a little bit shorter than that, really, real time. I was probably <laughs> throwing uh, TJ a little slack here and there, too. <laughs> man, man, that's awesome. And and the quarter-inch draw-length increments, when, when I heard that this bow had that, like, it was like, I can't believe nobody's thought of that before. Because when I, when I went out, depending on the bow in, in, in years past, normally I'm about a, a 29 inch draw i think i've had one bow in my life that fit me a little different i was like a 29 and a half and i shot the cure and i settled myself in at 29 and a quarter and i it, mm -hmm. I, I have never had a bow that felt better like it it feels like it was meant for me and and it just it blows my mind that that uh that nobody had thought of that before and i'm super glad you guys did because it 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 made it all the more comfortable for me even just that little bit i, I was amazed well, you know what happens too. You're you're right, and because the a, a big misconception you know dealing around bows and working on bows is even guys that are shooting you know PSE Bowtech Matthews. Just because you're uh, you guys hear that tree frog? <laughs> yeah, we heard it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I got a bay window and that thing is like hidden in there somewhere. I'm gonna have to break out a slick trick. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. There you go. Double lung, double lunging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, the uh, the biggest conception that people have, even if they're coming off a PSE or another brand, is I shoot a 29-inch draw. Well, if you go to a different bow, you may be a little bit – you may have been a 29-inch draw with that bow. Right. So we wanted to make sure that we were getting bows that are shooters that were actually getting fitted for that bow correctly. Because if you're comfortable, if you're comfortable, you're going to shoot better. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, I said, you know, archery is a repetitive process. And, and a lot of people, even myself, if I go out there and I'm chasing, I'm chasing myself, chasing state, my, some of my mistakes, your confidence goes down, right? So, therefore, you're, you know, you're not shooting quite as well as you know you, you're capable of. Right. But if you, if you get a bow that fits you, just like you said, Sam, you've never had a bow fit you better. You're mm -hmm. comfortable. You kept using the word comfortable. Yes. If you're comfortable, you're going to shoot better. You're not fighting the backside, your your back end. The bow when it draws back, boom! It's you know it's there, and it's like wow, I can hold this thing forever. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you just know, and that's the experience we're continuously hearing as it pertains to the cure. Yeah, I and I, I mean, I went out just the other day with my with my wife to go to go just shoot some outdoor 3D targets with her and. Man, it was just, it was clicking. You know, we're all busy guys, you know. So mm -hmm. it's always, so, sometimes it's hard, you know, to, to get out there and shoot. So that was the first time with my cure that I had really gotten to go out there and shoot dozens and dozens of arrows, you know, just one after another, like like a, a good day of it. And, and man, it, it was just, I, I, I was more happy than I think I've ever been shooting a bow. It, it was awesome. That's great, man. That's great to hear. And, you know, and that, that's what I said, that elite, you know, we're not saying that, uh, I'm just, I'm here to say, we just want to be in the conversation, you know, and, and I like talking about that because I know the experience. I know a lot of the guys that are shooting a, a hinge style release or even a thumb button, they want the ability to have a cable style, mm -hmm. you know, because they want a, just a little bit of cushion on the back to get that release to fire. Uh, if they're executing that, you know, properly, right. Uh, a lot of guys shooting a wrist strap are going to want the solid back. What was the limb style? Mm -hmm. So, the nice thing is you, you can you have the best of both worlds. You can choose whichever one you like better, <laughs> you know, with, with this bow. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I'll, I'll be honest with you. So I, I went to go set up mine, 
and uh and, you know I, I had the box and everything like that and i left the little bag that it comes with the the, the limb stops i left it at the house so i showed up at the at the bow shop to set up and i was like well i you know i was gonna compare them see which one i like i i, I shoot a thumb release and mm-hmm. and i said well I, I guess i'll just uh i guess i'll just set it up for now with the the cable stops and if i want to compare it later i can and and i ain't going back i mean I, right <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's perfect yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing, too, and, and we hear that a lot because – and one reason why it's it's really when, – when people think of cable stops, you know, you feel kind of a really squishy back wall. But because of the surface of our cable stop, it, it's a little more – I feel like, anyway, in my opinion, uh, through my experience, it feels a little, a little bit more solid, like you just have just enough gift, just enough. It's not like too much, but it's just enough to, to really, once you get your release set to where you, you want it from a – trigger travel and and tension uh, point of view you can get into that back wall as much as you really want and the release is just going to go when you want it to yeah uh and it's just i feel like it's because of the surface area on the cable stop itself on uh the cure and the result it's got a, it's got a little bit bigger surface area so you're covering more of the cable when it hits mm-hmm. uh, versus just one little peg coming down and hitting that to where it's got one single point and it's given more yeah, if that makes sense. No, that, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. It, it it's uh it's awesome. We had we also came out with another bow, uh, at the ATA show as well. Uh, it's a best in class product at a super affordable price, and that's the Ember. And I could tell you that this spring I turkey on every turkey I shot I shot with the Ember, mm-hmm. and I did that because it's not just a a youth or women's bow. The bow goes from 15 to 29 inches and goes up to 60 pounds. Right. Uh, and I turkey hunted with it this year. And I tell you what, I was like, man, this little, this little dude is a screamer. It, <laughs> it shoots. I mean, it shoots. The bow is easy to set up. And like the, a lot of the other flagship models, it also has the ability to put limb stops on, which is huge because a lot of the other bows in that price point, in that range of uh, price, they don't. It's just a cable stop. So the back wall, when when say if you are taking a kid and it's his first bow or her first bow, it's important that they experience what the back end of that drawfire cycle feels like. It's going to allow them to be start their their process, training their minds to be consistent from an anchor point mm-hmm. to be able to aim. When they have, when you can put the limb stops on there and they stop and they can feel it's got more solid and it's not going to be, you know, when it's set at 25 inches, it's not going to be 25 and three quarter and they're pulling three quarter inch past the draw. Yeah, man, man, that, that, that's huge because I, I know in, in my past line of work, when I worked at a bow shop, it was, you know, I, I'd set up kids with their first bows, you know, and the poundage is low so that they can get started and all that. And with the, with the cable stops, like you said, they're pulling past their, they're pulling past their draw length they're you know they're i mean you look at it and the draw weight's so light that they're i mean their stops are pushing the cable you know at, at an angle yep. and and yep. to, and like you said i i am very impressed that that bow ha- has those limb stops because like i'll second everything you just said with you know it being a better a better bow for people to get started and create those good habits early on so yeah absolutely and and i wanted to like i said i, I turkey on it with it because you know, I'm a hunter. You know, I, I'm, I love archery, but I, but you know, my my 
my soul breeze, you know, being in the woods and being out there chasing critters. And, and I can tell you this much, I'll take it to the woods any, any time. Uh, the bow performance policy, if, if, if people are looking for a bow on a budget, it's a best in class product. It has stainless steel bearings. It has machine pockets, aluminum pockets. So the stability and everything is there. Uh, it's just coming at you at a, at a really great, great price. I mean, it, it truly is. Uh, and it's, it's been a, it's been performing well. Uh, we get a lot of, a uh, lot of good positive feedback on the Ember, uh, as well. So, uh, but you know, while we were talking about the bows, I want to bring that bow up because, you know, let's just face it, you know, I mean, things are expensive, uh, you know, uh, the cure, uh, you know, at coming in close to a thousand dollars bare, uh, you can get a, you know, you can get a setup, uh, uh, Ember for that. I mean, if, if that's more in your price range, you're not, you're not going to be disappointed. Yeah. You're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to be getting, uh, something that's, uh, worth your money. Absolutely. You know, it's going to be a good quality product. No, I, I think we're going to see a lot of, not only a lot of guys happy with the cure this year, but also, also some guys happy with that ember for sure guys and gals alike so for sure yeah so and we got some you know uh i can't spill the beans but we got some really cool stuff uh in the works that i've been uh myself and our team have been been running through the the ringer uh that i'm super excited about as well not uh it's it's really really cool to to see some of this stuff come to fruition to you know, a lot of the work and ideas. And that's one thing I can say about up at the outdoor group and the elite, you know, some of our producers, Nathan Brooks, and, you know, their wealth of knowledge. I mean, that's what they do is they breathe archery. And uh, when it comes to all the way down to what screw to use, it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. And to see a lot of these ideas come to fruition, everybody working together. Uh, and also from our users, from our customers, uh, you know, and just the average hunter out there, it's important that we're building stuff that they're comfortable with, that they can they can use, and and it be more effective to make them be more successful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, we can. I know we can. I know we can talk bows and all the technical stuff. We 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 could talk for a long time about that, but man, while while we got you on the line, I want to talk some hunting too. So. What what you got coming up uh, coming up this fall? That's uh, it's gonna be taking up your time. Well, this fall, I'm gonna be doing Nebraska again, uh, possibly a South Dakota trip, uh, two that just come to come to play, depending on you know what where all this uh, what's going on in our world, you know, lands I guess. But uh, yeah. right now, you know, we've got Nebraska is gonna be we're gonna be kicking off in uh, early September, and the following week probably try to see if we can't um chase a deer in nebraska and then uh we d i did draw a montana tag again and uh did get put in for my antelope tag so so we'll see about that so i'll definitely do in montana and uh as we get closer to the rut i'll probably come back home and uh, uh see what see what i can get done around here and then then after that it's just a matter of really uh, drew a Kansas tag as well, so I'll be in Kansas. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be traveling around. We're going to be producing some good stuff. Uh, anybody, anybody that watches our show knows that we're not one of those hey three o'clock hunters. Hey, we got a deer showing up at three o'clock, so you better be here. You know, we want to go out. We're going to go out there and we're going to put the time in. We're going to hang our stand, set our blinds up. We're going to glass. We may do more scouting than we do hunting, but that's what makes it awesome. And every trip trip's not successful. You know, it's from a from a harvest perspective, but 
like I said, we're all creatures of habit. And uh, every single place that we go, I'll, I'll take something out of. I learn from it because, uh, and try to implement it in different areas. You know, it's hunting, you know, hunting southern Missouri versus northern Missouri, two def- totally different animals. You know, you've got acres and acres of nothing but ridges and timber down in southern Missouri. And then you go up north and it's wide open, you know, waterways and uh, ridge that filters out to some fields. And people say that there's not big deer. Uh, down southern Missouri or Arkansas and all that. Well, they're there. They're just harder to hunt. Yeah, they're just not as visible. And I'm a firm believer in that. And it's really about. So I try to learn. Uh, and as is our whole team, I just I love to talk hunting and try to learn from people as well because you know us having a TV show doesn't mean Jack Diddley squat. You know, to your listener, what it means is you know we just happen to have somebody there following us around with a camera. You know, there's people out there that that may kill bigger deer, more deer, whatever. And I, man, I'm, I'm the first one to go up and high five. And I want to make sure that, you know, we can bring our experiences to people. And, uh, but I want to hear from, from our viewers as well. I want to, I want to know their experience. I want to hear the story. I want to, you know, I've called, I call people all the time, you know, (laughs) Hey, you know, I'll give my phone number. They'll call me. What? I was like, man, I just want to hear a story about your deer. I think it was awesome. It's the biggest deer you ever shot, you know? Yeah. You know, you know, cause there might be a little piece of something in there that not only that, that I can learn from. And to me, I want to make sure that we carry that on to our industry grows. And if I can learn from it and, and if I can share through some of the seminars called deer calling seminars and stuff we've done, I always through that. I always, I ask to hear somebody else's stories. I tell them mine. I usually have video content show them. This is what I did to make something work. And you know, I'm not saying you, this is something you could try, but now I want to learn something from you. And it takes a lot of people back because, but it's true. We're all in this together. You know, I put, you know, I eat deer. My, my freezer's got, I mean, I've been cooking back straps since we've been on quarantine. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I mean, Tommy like wings. Man, uh, man, this whole uh, this whole quarantine thing it definitely uh, it de- definitely makes me want to try to put a couple more in that freezer for for next year. You never know yeah, what's going to happen, sure. man. <laughs> Absolutely. So, oh, that's what I said. I ain't afraid to to sink my teeth in a back strap. I can promise you that. So, <laughs> Heck no. Uh, <laughs> but but no, and so that's that's pretty much what the plan plan is. But I, I just want to throw that in there because. People can perceive TV shows as, you know, being, oh, they go out and do this. I could tell you it's work. There's times when I've spent 16, 17, 18 days trying to produce an episode to get something done, make something happen. And through all that, we may have, you know, 150 hours of footage, but we can only show you 22 minutes of it in our mm-hmm. episode. Man, that's I... that's the glorious thing about the digital platforms. Yes. Right now. <laughs> Now I can break that up and I can share those experiences with you, you know, or we can from the, from the respective game side. And, and also, you know, the follows just like you guys are doing, you know, which is, it was fabulous. I love that. The, the fact, and, and I, I keep up with everybody's stuff. I try to anyway. Yeah. When time allows, because dude, I, you know, I love it. I'm passionate about it. Yeah. And, and I know there's a lot of other people that are out there too. That's why I, you know, it's important to, to continue to share it with one another. I know. Yeah, the the whole the whole production side, man. It, it it's a it adds another element to it, as you know. And and we have I, I know 
we we don't have anything to the scale that that y'all do as far as like a TV show, but we have a show online and that kind of stuff. And 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 I can attest to that. Especially last year, we had a hunt where we, you know, we were out there in 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 Montana for for a week trying to get it done on on BLM land, and it uh it wasn't happening. And yet we still we still made a show out of it. Still had hours of footage to go through. Um, and yeah, it, it's work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know Nick it is by time. Yeah. By the time you get back to camp, you log, you log your footage, you do all that, you know, it's late nights, early mornings Yeah, and it'll wear on you for, for a while. And yeah, I know that you can, you Nick can probably attest to that too, because you, you not only have, have the company stuff to work with, but you also have all of our staffers contributions and stuff to go right. through too. Yep. So yeah, it, it, it keeps you busy, Larry, that's yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, and I like to, you know, I just share that. I'm open about it with, with people because, like I said, you know, I, I'm a hunter at heart. Whether and and I'm just, we're just fortunate that you know, we could, we can document it. And really, how I got started into it was a show called Heartland Bowhunter. Jeff Simpson and myself, we started that show. Oh, it was a while back. The first two or three seasons with that. Then Mike and Sean, Mike and Sean came on. They're good buddies of mine. My, my we're still on Heartland Bowhunter, and uh but that's kind of we we were just filming for ourselves you know we wanted to just go back and relive it because we were passionate about it yeah. so we'd go back and watch it we could show our kids one day we, you know we could and just kind of evolved to that me and jeff were like well let's i guess we can let's try to see what we can do we about filming our filming our hunts and and all that so we started filming i went out and filmed him shoot a turkey with his bow and and next thing you know we had a show called american outdoors when i wanted to use our footage and and we started looking at the camera stuff and camera gear. So we were like, man, we looked at all these different tree arms and we started kind of designing our own tree arms. So we, we started a, a tree arm. We started selling this big commercial tree arm that a lot of the shows were you Primo's HS. A lot of these big companies were, were getting from us at the time. And, and I mean, I walked into the first ATA show literally with a log over my shoulder. I cut up, cut down the night before literally. I mean, we were, we were just scraping, you know, we started at the, the bottom and, and, and we just kind of earned, you know, earned our stripes, I guess. And, and the tree on went over well. And then a company called Elite Archery had contacted us uh, way back in the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, they, uh, they were actually the first company that kind of invested into where we were going. And so that's how I landed here. And when I parted ways with, with, uh, Heartland Bowhunter, everything's good. Those are all great guys. We're still good, good buddies, and they do great production over there as well. And uh, we just, you know, I just stayed with Elite because that's kind of where we were. And and I was freelance videoing for for everybody after that. I mean, I, I was worked for Sub Seven, worked for Orion. I mean, I did a lot of stuff. I worked in Nashville, filming some uh, country singing music videos and and stuff, doing some a few concerts here and there and stuff like that. And and then uh, they asked about producing a show and another show. So that's how Respect the Game was kind of born. And uh, we started that. And we're going on our 10th season now. So we're selling our 10th season. So that's it's, awesome. Uh, it's been pretty blessed to, to have all that come together. And I've been blessed to be able to experience a lot, uh, meet a lot of great people out there, uh, great you know hunters, outdoor enthusiasts, and people of that nature. And, and I've uh, you know, everything I know, I've learned from other people, pretty much. I mean, I learned from myself being out there as well, but I love to to hear the stories and because 
I like to, to remember those and try new things and stuff. That's the only way you know if the stuff works. So. Yeah. Man, man, that's awesome. And, and I'm glad, I'm, I thank you for shedding some light on that too and, and kind of your journey through it all because I, I know for, for me personally, and I'm sure our listeners too, they, they love to hear that. They love to hear how these, how these guys, how guys like you got to, got to where you are. And it's it's not by it is far from something being handed to you. It is right. all hard work and and dedication and perseverance for sure, one hundred percent. So that's awesome. Absolutely, and and it's on social media these days. It's 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 awesome to see, you know, a lot of the young guys coming up. You know that that are come that just have the interest. Of how did you get started? I get I get a lot of those messages through Instagram and and Facebook and you know, what does it take and to do this and that? And, you know, and I'm honest with them about that. And if there's anything that I could shed, you know, is be you, you know, yeah. just because there's a be, be you, you know, you know, if you're a photographer, get inspiration from, from the people that you're following, from the people that you, man, that's a cool photo. Then go out and be you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Be you express yourself through that lens and, have your own style, create your own style. That's how you're going to create value and people gravitate to that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I could not agree more. Mm-hmm. Well, Larry, so. I, I know you're, I know you're a busy guy. I don't want to take up too much of your, of your day here, but we do have a, we do have some quick questions that we like to ask guests that come on our podcast uh, before we wrap it up. Um, yep. And the first one is, I know you, I know you've hunted uh, a lot of places and, and done a lot of cool stuff, but, What's your what's what's your favorite memory? What, what's one hunting memory that really stands out to you, brother? Uh, probably Argentina, Argentina stag hunt. It was a free range hunt. Uh, it was a free range opportunity down there to hunt uh, stag, and just because of the, number one the culture, uh, the people down there, everything was one hundred percent organic. The terrain was was somewhat challenging, but. But it was, you know, it was just a really cool experience, you know, being able to see all of that and really break down a plan to try to, to make it happen and execute that plan to make and, and get it done. You know, we had a lot of failed stocks. We had a lot of stuff that we were learning along the way based on how to maneuver the train. You know, what was what were these these animals keying in on uh, the, the most? And, and we were able to to literally capitalize based upon every day we were getting a little bit better and better. So I, that's probably one. And, and I was also able to there. That's the only place in the world where Pierre's David deer is free range uh, there after they were in. And they only issue five tags a year in Argentina uh, for that. Well, when I was there, I had the honor. They had, uh, I, I was limited on uh, the caliber of, of Pierre's David, I could that I could try to go after, and the that we were on was eighty six thousand acres, and there was literally we were looking for some pictures that we saw through a spotting scope of a couple Pierre's David deer that was taken earlier in the year that uh, that needed to be culled out of the herd. Uh-huh. So I just whether I shot one or not, it was just fun going out and and we ended up finding one. Uh, one of those stags and was able to put a successful stock on him and and I was able to uh, to take that animal which is pretty memorable because it's a pretty historic animal if you want to research that particular animal from being over originating in China and 
hmm. being shot out of this extinction and and stuff and how they were reintroduced it was it was a pretty pretty awesome moment for me yeah man that that is that is crazy yeah we'll have to do some research on them for sure uh well so, larry another uh question we have for you what's i know just like sam said i know you find it a lot on a lot of animals a lot of places but is there a bucket list hunt out there that you haven't got to do yet oh uh, yeah probably i filmed a couple of these uh there's actually uh, a couple like a, there's a social media post i actually said you know that asked about buckle us and i said uh, my bucket can get pretty full it's pretty deep <laughs> <laughs> it's so, got a big bucket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah, we yeah. all <laughs> but uh but a con moose uh, and i filmed i filmed some moose hunts up in the yukon in the past and i uh, uh it's just something i would love to to go up and experience and you know uh with a bow in my hand as well uh, although I have experience, like I said, with behind the lens and also a stone sheep. Uh, okay. yeah. I've, I've been on a stone sheep hunt, uh, behind the lens, but you know, we, you know, we would get close. It's just, just a challenging hunt that I, uh, I feel like I, uh, you know, I would really like to, like to do just because of not only just because of the elements, just because I think of, you know, the challenge involved in it. Yeah, absolutely. Got to do it with an elite bow too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No you have to choice. stretch one out there. Yeah. You have to stretch one out. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. But I, I would say those two were probably on top of my list. Awesome. Man, that that's those are a good two to have for sure. I'm yeah. sure those are somewhere on Nick and I's list as well. For but sure. Those are, those are some dream hunts right there. Man, so kind of as, as we wrap up, uh, one of the last questions I have for you. Um, as you know, we got this series right now for new bow hunters called Cure Your Obsession. I wanted to ask you if you had to give one piece of big advice to a new bow hunter, what would it be? Uh, keep learning. Keep learning. Things will go well, and then you're going to fall, and then you know you're going to create a bad habit. And it's continuous, continuously pushing, being willing to listen to, to other people. Being, being able to, because if I go out there and, and know yourself, you know, I mean, there's, there's, what I mean by that is learn when you're executing a good shot, when you're, when, when you're, when you don't execute a good shot, because then, you know, a lot of people don't know the difference because they don't think about it. They just go out and shoot their bow. Right. So when you, when you can break it down to that level, you're going to continuously get better. You can form bad habits, but be able to accept that and, and figure out how to fix it because it's going to make you better and yeah, prevent it, good. prevent it from happening again. Absolutely, very good, very good advice. So, yeah. Well, Larry, I I really appreciate you joining us. Like I said, brother. Um, and and before I hang it up, I would I I know you I know you're probably not going to spill the beans to us, but I I would I, I have to ask. Any way we can get a hint on what Elite's working on for 2021? Uh. Oh, is there a lot of recurve shooters out there? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's an awkward pause over here. We were looking at each other like, what? <laughs> we might be after leaving uh, something that out. May, that, may, that may not be out in the uh, realm of possibility. All right, all right. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, but no, no, we got a lot of really good things. Obviously, I can't say uh, what they are. Some really cool things in, in the works, and uh, uh, we've been testing some, some stuff that's that's uh i think uh 
people are going to like. It's, it benefits the bow hunter, the, just the archer in general, uh, all the way across to a lot of the different brands as well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm super happy with our team. Uh, we've got a team factory of bow hunters and shooters. So, I and I tell people this all the time. I, I only get to go to the factory every so often, but because I work remotely, and when, every time I go up there, I'm amazed by people. You know, you go up there, you see people in the break room showing show cam photos of, <laughs> of stuff, and yeah, everybody's talking about awesome. it. And and, uh, and I mean, on breaks, they can go over and shoot in the range. They have leagues, league work at, at the range. They can go out back in the summertime and shoot some beauty targets on their breaks or whatever. So, Dang, man, uh, I want to come work for y'all. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, uh, yeah, it's a very archery culture. Uh, you know, and we, we got we just got a tremendous, a great team. Uh, and super happy to be a part of it. That's awesome. Well, we're, we're excited to see what's in store for sure. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. So, Larry, thank you very much for joining us, brother. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day once again. Yep. Thanks Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate you guys and everything you all do. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep tabs on the, the this series from Paul Obsession. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're super. We're going to be along for the journey as well. Absolutely. We're, we're happy to happy to have you all join us. Well, guys, thank you all for tuning in to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. If you have not already, please go to uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, follow Fall Obsession, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow this podcast. we got a new podcast coming out every week, and uh, uh, people like Larry are, are coming on board and, and join us as special guests. So a lot of, lot of good stuff coming up that you guys are not going to want to miss. And go check out Elite Archery. Follow them on social media, and like we said at the beginning, go to your local dealer and, and check one out and, and see what you think. Uh, I, I promise that you will not be disappointed. It's, it'll be worth your time for sure. So, Larry, thank you again, sir. I appreciate it. Nick, thank you again for teaming up with me once again. Anytime. All right, and we will catch you guys next week on another Fall Obsession podcast episode, and we'll catch you later. See you later. <laughs>